Welcome to Live in the Napa. You're here with JB and David Cunningham. Welcome back everybody and hey today, in the last day or so we've had the QV property price information come out and across Aotearoa, 2.1% average increase in property prices over the last quarter. Auckland 2.7%, Wellington 2.5%, Christchurch 1.8%, Hamilton minus 0.2, but you know generally upwards. So JB, the question for today is, <laughs> Are prices starting a big upward trend? Because we've had sort of rising prices since about March, I think, when the market turned. Or is sort of this a dead cat bounce? And so I mentioned the five I's and three C's. So I thought today we might cover some of the influences on housing prices. So interest rates, people's income, inflation, immigration, investor flows. And then the three C's of construction, which has obviously contributed to sort of housing supply. So construction, you know, completion rates and consenting sort of stuff, which is sort of completion is backward looking, consent is forward looking. Yeah. So where should we start? What, what's, I mean, I guess start with six or seven months ago, we sort of said the property market has probably turned and it definitely is going yeah. up, but not rapidly. What's your well, reflection on what's well, been going on looking backwards to start with? Yeah, well there's probably a couple of interesting things because like, we've talked a little bit about economists recently and we've been perplexed by how economists have been quite steadfast at saying rates are going to stay high for quite some time. Mm. And then more recently we've seen economists starting to backtrack on that a bit with more up-to-date data that shows the economy is slowing down faster than expected. Mm. We've now got economists saying by the middle of next year we'll start to see rate falls, right? It's interesting because, again, we're seeing economists sort of coming out and saying, okay, you know, it's going to be a bit of a boom or recovery, let's say a recovery in house prices. But I suspect it's a bit like interest rates, which is they're going to modify that as, as they get more data. You know, I think the thing is that, you know, we've, we've had a big fall in house prices, you know, in Auckland and Wellington in particular, house prices in nominal terms that were down about as much as 20%, right? Mm. I think Wellington was even as low as minus 25. I think New Zealand in total peak to trough in this cycle was 17 or 18. Yeah, so big falls, you know, probably yeah. arguably the biggest falls in modern yeah. history. Mm. Now, the thing is, that if you think about inflation, inflation's been probably about 12% over the last two years, right? Mm. About 6% a year. So the latest yeah. number was 5.6, down from 6. Before that, I think it peaked in the 7s. So yeah, about 12% inflation in the last two years. So we're down 20% in nominal terms, but in real terms, Terms, in terms of you know affordability, you know um, house prices are actually down. Well, I think if you were thinking about it from an inflation perspective, you'd say they're down 32 percent. Yeah. So they're down a lot right now because they're down that much in real terms. You would sort of say, well, given that incomes are increasing and some of that's due to inflation, that you would see some level of recovery in those those house prices. Mm. Which is exactly what we've seen. I think we're maybe five percent off the lows now, so yeah. much nationwide, right? So yeah, so so you're getting a bit of a recovery. Mm. I guess that's the inflation argument. Is that as long as inflation's out there and it's increasing household incomes, that increase in household incomes will naturally flow through to affordability. Mm. The interesting thing for us, though, is that household incomes haven't been going up as fast as inflation, right? Mm. Mm. So what's actually happening is discretionary incomes dropping. And I think a lot of Kiwis out there are experiencing this at the moment, right? And if you think about businesses, a lot of businesses are experiencing it. Like, you know, the number of retailers and restaurants, you know, we were talking about construction earlier on as being an area where obviously builders are struggling. But you definitely get the sense now in retail 
and on hospitality and stuff that's really starting to bite. Yeah, both the fact that incomes have risen less than prices, inflation, but also for households, interest rates rising. So um, interesting yeah. sort of stat, you know, there's a quarter of the market that still has to reprice their mortgages from below 5%. You know, some of those are still at 2.99. But actually, 100% of the market has got an interest rate below today's mortgage rates that banks are offering because banks have yeah. put up their rates about 75 basis points since the last OCR move on fixed rates. Yeah. So if interest rates don't fall, 100% of the housing market is of households have got a further reprice up in interest rates and almost everyone that's been fixing for the last year or 18 months has been fixing for a year or 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I might have fixed at 5.99. Guess what? That's 7.25 or 7.45 today. So, it's we're getting that second order. Some people have already had a couple of rate rises. Yeah. There's going to be another one for most customers unless they're fixed long, which hardly anyone is, and then you've got that back book of stuff that's going to go from 3 to Seven, but you know, there's there's a hell of a drag coming because banks have expanded margins over the last sort of two or three months on yeah. top of interest rates being, being yeah. So high. so you know, I mean, I guess the point is that you know, is the property market going to be driven by a debt fuel price appreciation? No one can afford the debt, so in the near term, answer no, no, no. So you're getting a little bit of a recovery due to higher income passing through to a degree of affordability that's allowing it to come off its bottom. Mm. But you know the reality is interest rates are too high, affordability is not there, people don't have the borrowing power to push mm. house prices up. Mm. With a world that's going to have generally higher level of inflation, albeit you know it can come back within the Reserve Bank's band, it's still going to be higher than what it's probably tracked over the, you know, the previous decade. This is inflation's going to be higher. Yeah. Which And so what does that mean for interest rates? Does that mean interest rates therefore must be higher? Higher, yeah. I think we've talked about it previously, but a neutral interest rate, if you think that the neutral OCR probably now is, is around sort of two and a half to three percent mm. and that's the Goldilocks space where it's not too hot not too cold the economy is just ticking along at the right level when the reserve bank's happy that translates to a mortgage rate of around four and a half percent right maybe yeah. four and a half to five percent so, so not so how's what are we now seven and a half almost right seven yeah. seven and a half so two and a half percent below where we are yeah. Today. Yeah. yeah. I guess the thing is that look, at some point Kiwi households are gonna get a bit of a reprieve on, you know, this high burden that they've got at the moment with servicing their mortgage. They're gonna get some sort of reprieve, but the reprieve's not gonna be that big. That reprieve isn't gonna be, woohoo, mm. we've got all this spare money, yeah. let's go out and spend it. Well, it's so gonna as I sort of said though, you've you've sort of got need a one percent fall on interest rates just for those that would have had their rate go up for a second or third time. Yeah. for them not to be worse off and yeah. so yeah so until we see inflation you know it's probably a year plus away before we see interest rates more than a percent low i mean the yield curve is forecasting three quarters of a percent lower in about 12 months 15 months right. time so what we saw i mean the big housing boom that we saw was off the back of very very low interest rates and everyone always sort of throws in all these other things and yeah covid certainly contributed but i think there was more just the psychology side of it but fundamentally there is a very strong correlation between interest rates and house prices now mm. We had interest rates go to absolute historic lows. No one thought they would get as low as they did. And combined with COVID and everything else, it just drove a crazy housing market for a couple of years. We're not going to recover from that quickly, right? And the interest rates aren't going to drop back down there. 
So you're not going to get that interest rate kicker. What we were just talking about there was the fact that when eventually borrowers do get a bit of a reprieve on interest rates, to be honest, it's just going to go back to normal day-to-day living expenses. You know, mm. it's mm. nothing flash. You know, mm. the shit that people are cutting out of their budget at the moment, mm. they're cutting to the bone. Yeah. This is just getting a bit of meat back on the bone. You yeah, know? I mean, an anecdotal story of one, but a friend of her family's uh, runs a new world and she said their sales in dollar terms are down because customers are going to pack and save. So, you know, there's some real, you know, because generally prices of spending at supermarkets is up because prices are high, you might be lower volume, but their actual value of the sales is down. Yeah. So, you know, because people are migrating. So, yeah, do they migrate back to new and- world in a year or two? Well, there's a lot of unwinding to come, and that doesn't happen overnight. And we've seen it with retail sales as well, right? Which is down in unit sales. It's been down in unit sales for a while, but now it's a combination of unit sales and and total dollar sales, right? So, and that's translating through to business. And I think this is why the economists are bringing their projections forward of rate falls, because rate falls basically equals recession. Um, Or, if not recession, close to a very low growth environment, higher levels of unemployment because retailers, hospitality, all of these industries are going to have to retrench, right? And we've got a government now that's certainly going to retrench in the public sector. Okay, so how about three of the positive influences to house prices? Immigration, investors, and then the whole construction thing, you know, low and new bonds going on. So perhaps start with immigration. 110,000 more people in New Zealand than a year ago. Yep, this is the... Surely that's driving house prices. No, look, I don't (laughs) buy this, eh? We've had 110,000 taxi drivers, nail technicians, massage people, and some fruit pickers and some people driving trucks and stuff, and, and probably some people into construction, particularly like civil roading, you know, government type projects. This isn't 110,000 high net worth people coming in with big deposits and stuff. I mean, look at the level of immigration fraud that's been going on. You know, the number of people that are coming in that are low skills, being exploited, um, but low skills, but they're certainly not people that are going to go and buy houses, right? Yeah, well, they're not buying them, but they need to live somewhere, don't they? Well, yeah, and tend to a room, if you you follow the media these days. I mean, the thing that happened, right, is COVID. When COVID happened, we have this massive transient population that's largely... Don't get me started on it, but we sell visas to New Zealand, right? We sell work visas, and Mm. it's called international students. Mm. And you you come here, you study, you get a work visa, and then a pathway to residency, right? So it's basically buying residency by sending your kids to New Zealand to study. Mm. But what it did do, and we used to see it all the time, is tons of people filling jobs and and all sorts of things Mm. and whether it's them or it was just your youngsters coming into the country backpacking around doing a bit of work as they went about that but the problem is that that market disappeared with covid and and actually many of them went back overseas right yeah so we didn't just not have new people coming and we had a whole lot of people leaving which is why the employment crisis Happened. Post-COVID, or during and post-COVID. Happened, right? Because and now, so now that bubble's been refilled, so there's been this massive surge. Well, is it going to well, settle down it, it, you know, it, Is it, it going to drop way back? It, it hasn't, it hasn't, because what hasn't happened is that the international student market takes years to recover. 
because you actually have to study and then post-study you get a work visa, right? So you don't just suddenly have that market available in your labour market, right? It takes years for that to come back. Mm. So what we've effectively done is a knee-jerk reaction from the government, which is, oh, we've completely stuffed this up, we've kept the borders closed too long, it's causing a crisis, it's causing inflation, <laughs> and, you know, we've got to get control of this so that they've unleashed it with very little control. I mean, you hear about it all the time, right? They're so, just told to stamp so everything so, coming through so, immigration. So, JB, is that immigration going to fall back? Because, I mean, I guess let's flip to the construction side. Is the stock of housing in New Zealand going up? And just this week, or in fact yesterday, we had the new dwelling completions in Auckland. And last month was a record for the number of houses consented as complete. And it's been consistently rising for 10 years now. So we're building more houses than ever. So is that a dampening impact on house prices when there are more and more new houses coming to the market? Or is that backward-looking and the forward-looking picture is actually quite different? Well, hey, so it's interesting. So, you know, I was just sort of saying that immigration at the moment isn't going to drive, you know, it's not high-quality immigration and it's not going to drive people buying. And I did say there's a, certainly a number of places, certainly if you go down to Queenstown and stuff where you've got six to a room, it's not always like that. Mm. But, um, but what immigration is driving is a rental shortage at the moment. Right. Yeah. And that rental shortage, so your, your next eyes investors, that rental shortage, I mean, we do have a bit of a problem at the moment, right? Where I was down in the Hawke's Bay, or you actually, we both were. I was just driving around, you, you were actually at the concert. But one of the things that came up there is that they've actually got a bit of a housing crisis going on down there, right? Because I've got all of these temporary workers that have come in to obviously help with the um, reconstruction. The reconstruction. And with the Robbie Williams concert in the weekend, you had sort of 50,000 people, I guess not all coming in because a lot would have been in the Bay, but a lot of people coming into the Hawke's Bay. And a lot of their old motels and stuff have been used for uh, accommodating temporary workers. Mm, yeah. uh, and people that are out of you know, flood-damaged homes and stuff. Well, I could so, say the campground was very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's interesting, you, you see these stories all over New Zealand, like mm. I know in similar thing in Gisborne, right, where they've got a lot of... Uh, sort of workers coming in there on a temporary basis and there's just not the accommodation for it. So I guess what you're saying is that, you know, let's maybe go do the other eye, which is investors. So investors have massively reduced their share of the market over the last two years. In other words, they haven't been investing in market. What's the forward-looking perspective? Because I guess two things. One is that there are likely, depending on the outcomes of the coalition negotiations, likely to be the unwinding of the tax unfavourability of investment yeah. property. Yeah. But secondly, you've got very high interest rates that are arguably higher than the running yield you're going to get on your investment property. So what's yeah. the role of investment property likely to be in, in driving house prices one way or the other in the next year or two? Is it going to be stimulatory or continue to be quite muted? Yeah, I think that will be a combination of speculative investment where they're looking for capital gain. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, people won't necessarily buy on yield. They'll buy on, hey, this looks like a good price. Now, mm -hmm. in parts of the market, because the thing with, um, even with Auckland, is that the whole market hasn't dropped by 20%. You know, if you get down into the, the sort of the micro markets, different parts of this market have moved different amounts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are places in South Auckland that I've seen that have dropped, you know, probably more than 30. And I think you'll see speculative investors going into those markets and buying that property. And mm -hmm. the reason that it's dropped that much is because 
there are no buyers in those markets. You know, your traditional first home buyer mm. is not wanting to buy into Clendon, mm. which is down in a suburb in South Auckland. So, right? sort of what you're saying is there are pockets of demand from investors, but high interest rates, still low yields, even though there's loads of demand, and rentals tend to move quite gradually in terms of price lifts. That investors aren't going to be a driving force for the market despite the tax changes until interest rates drop. Is that going to be a trigger when interest rates are, say, 5% suddenly, you know, rental yield? I think you're going to see more investors in the market than you've seen over the last two or three years, for sure. You know, you are going to see them playing more in the market. That could help a bit of price recovery. You know, first home buyers can't really go out and borrow more money. So they're kind of tapped out at the moment. They're very active in the market. Yeah. But they can't stretch house yeah. prices any further than that. But equally, that said, the same holds true for investors, doesn't it? In terms of how banks test servicing on investment property is quite, was draconian the word? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Like, I mean, at the moment, they'd be testing at 9%, and then, you know, you can only take so much of the interest income in, and then expenses are so high these days. So it's not easy for property investors. But look, I mean, if we were expecting a full blow-in kind of the next property boom, mm-hmm. right, you would need all investors in that. And mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is that that's not going to be the case because interest rates are too high, and I totally agree with you, right? I think you're going to see investors coming back into the market more. It's going to be the ones that have low levels of debt, mm. have high incomes, maybe have a strong asset base so that they've got things that they can leverage. So there will be people coming back into the market. There will be those that are a bit more speculative mm. where they sort of see a bargain and they'll jump mm. on it. Mm. Um, so you're going to see more activity, but you're not going to see a boom. You're not mm. going to see this thing mm. sort of suddenly take off. And so with these guys more active in the market, with first-home buyers in the market, I think you'll see a bit of a price recovery, and we're seeing that, mm. right? But you're not going to see this thing take off. I guess what's interesting, though, is if you look at the Australian market, mm. the Australian market's fully recovered. Yeah, I mean, they are record highs in house prices. So what's different then because they've got inflation pressures, they've got income growth lower than inflation, they've got massive immigration, they've got underbuildings, our construction is low. I mean, I guess it's uh, despite higher interest rates, they're not as high as New Zealand, they've got a shortage of properties for people to live in. Oh, they totally that's, that's have. The, that's the ultimate, you know, demand for living somewhere exceeds supply. Yeah. Um, Whereas in New Zealand, I guess we had that heat, high, high level of building through COVID. Um, with no more population growth, and I guess we've sort of arguably just about caught up now, but you know, record record completions at the moment, you know, so we haven't had that. There's, there's been supply, adequate supply, I guess. Yeah. Fair call. So, but why is Australia different? Surely they had that building construction going on, or have they just let more people in, or what's the difference? My view of it is, um, is, is twofold. I actually saw, a, I can't give you the stats, I cannot remember it, but um, I saw a stat the other day about where are all the, the millionaire immigrants going? And you know who was number one on the list? Let me guess, Australia? Australia. Yeah. yeah. Australia is a number one recipient in the world at the moment of high net worth migrants. Right. You know, but so- But there's that's still the tip of the iceberg in terms of you know the half million immigrants. That surely isn't the thing driving house prices to record levels in Australia, is it? It must be a supply and demand thing. It's a contributor, but- yeah, I'd say Australia's brought in a lot of people. I would argue that they've generally brought in much higher quality yeah, so immigration. Yeah, people can get on the housing ladder and yeah. are trying to, and if they're not, they're able to. They're wanting to 
rent a three bedroom house as opposed to six yeah. beds in a, yeah, know, yeah, a hostel sort of thing. Yeah, so, so I'd argue that Australia's got much higher quality immigration. They yeah. certainly are far more attractive to foreign investment. Mm. And you know, that, that's an interesting thing, right? So you know, we banned foreign buyers here a number of years ago, which I think is a great thing because you know, this is part of what keeps New Zealand affordable for Kiwis. National was going to reverse that, obviously, with uh, bringing foreign buyers in to pay for their change in tax rates um, or thresholds. But with Winston in the mix now, you'd have to say that's gone. Mm. Yay. <laughs> hey, so let, let, let's sort of weigh this up. So those five eyes and then the construction. But So interest rates still rising. So there's a quarter of the market with a very significant rise in interest rates and literally the other 75% of the market with a smaller rise, maybe another 1% up. So that's got to be depressing for house prices because what's yep. left to live is less because the mortgage payments are taking it. So secondly, income's up four, but inflation's up six. So I'm worse off, so I can afford less on my interest payments. So that's yep. negative. Immigration, your argument is it's lower quality. So that actually, although the headline suggests that that's inflationary for house prices and rents, the observation is much less so, though shortage of rental properties is sort of the issue. So that's yep. a positive for house prices, but perhaps not as big a positive as some of high quality immigration. Investors are still on the sidelines selectively purchasing, but with a high, you know, nine percent test rate on, on mortgages and they're gonna have interest their rate of hands somewhat tied behind their back. Seven and a half percent and you know, running yield on the rentals, you know, below five probably. So that's gradually going to re enter, but it's nothing fast happening there, so that's probably neutral. And then construction, lots of completions, but a lot fewer new consents going on. So supply will gradually, I guess, if immigration continues, fall to be below demand, arguably. But that will be a, you know, we're still completing record numbers of new builds. So, you know, arguably sort of balanced. It's not like building is 100% stock, but it is going to sort of ease off. So I suppose you sort of look at that and go, you know, think back two or three months, we were talking about some economists saying 10% lift in house prices. Mm. I think you look at this sort of set of evidence and go, no way is that going to happen. It is more likely to be, you know, naught to two, three, maybe as much as 5% sort of on an annualised basis, going up because inflation is sort of positive. Yeah. I I, I guess when you think about it, you know, you're talking about a 10% nominal increase when you've had a 35% real reduction, right? So Mm -hmm. it's a a one-third recovery in house prices, which doesn't feel unreasonable. Mm -hmm. When you say 10%, you mean if prices did rise 10% or... or Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is... I guess we're arguing for actually being more like you know, nearer zero than 10 actually. Well, yeah, when we talk about, I think it's a partial recovery Mm. of house prices for a start, so let's not get carried away with it. You know, Mm. house prices in real terms are still down a lot. Mm. It's a partial recovery, and then the question is, you know, okay, that partial recovery, how quickly does that happen? And when is the next boom, right? I mean, house prices do go through cycles and there will be a part of the cycle again when house prices do genuinely take off. Mm. I just don't think that's any time soon. I kind of feel that we're, if we're not in recession next year, we're certainly going to be in a not pleasant environment, which mm. is why we're expecting interest rates to fall sooner than mm. you know, has been signalled. That's not going to feel great. And, and I guess we're both saying that. And that's going to take years, to me. We'll get some level of recovery. I mean, we, there'll be a lot of things that end up driving that. 
some of which we can't see today. I kind of feel that you, you could get a 10% recovery, but I'd put just quite a high probability on the fact that it just might not come through. Mm. You know, mm. I don't think it's one of these things that you could be quite definitive on. I think you're going to get some level of price recovery, anyone's guess, somewhere between sort of you know where we are now and 10% doesn't feel unreasonable. Mm. The market's not taking off, and I think, I think that's the key mm. thing. Mm. Is, you know, if you're sitting there going, oh, I don't want to miss the next property boom, mm. you don't have to worry about it. That's years away. That's mm. years away. Mm. Mm. There's going to be a bit of a price recovery and it will stall. Yeah, okay, so to sort of summarise here, 2% increase in house prices on average across New Zealand in the last three months. Since the bottom, it was probably 5%. You know, if we get another 1% or 2% over the next couple of quarters, I guess we are getting up to an annual change of somewhere between 5 and 10 but actually then probably dropping back down. Can I ask one final question, though? What if tomorrow you could get a mortgage at 5%, not 7 and a bit percent? Would that fundamentally change I, the outcome? I don't think it will. Really? I think, yeah, no, I don't. Because you've got to remember that a lot of this growth that we've been unwinding is not because of rates at 5, but because we had rates as low as 2. Yeah. And I th- as I said to you before, I think 5 puts people back to being able to live their lives properly and not I means I go back to New World from Pack and Save. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you might go out once a week for yeah. food and, and you're not putting money on your credit card simply to survive. You know, like it's pretty tough out there for a lot of people. Mm. I think that just gets them back to a normal life. I mm. don't think it creates mm. you know the the reality is I think the next housing boom occurs at the bottom of an interest rate cycle with a strong economy mm. because of course the Reserve Bank's going to be too slow to put rates up mm. and that's when you get your next housing mm. boom, but right? That's Low rates and high growth. Probably <laughs> more like five years away, you know, than totally. one or two. Totally. Yeah. Hey, I mean, so for first time buyers, what would your advice be in terms of when's a good time? Well, I mean, if you can afford it. Now. Now, right? If you can afford um, the interest rate now, it will get easier as interest rates fall. I kind of feel, well, I mean, first-time buyers are in the market and I think they're doing well. They're getting good properties. I mean, the biggest challenge in New Zealand is actually getting a good property. You yeah, know, like, yeah. So you've got a lot more choices of first-time buyer now than you would have had at any time in the last five years, probably. Yeah, so, and it's, it's not necessarily going to auction. It's by mm, negotiation, mm, which is mm. always better for a first-time buyer. It's mm. just more choice. And look, I think one of the things I would sort of say is, um, I think the choice is going to dramatically expand next year. Uh, I think I said this in an earlier podcast, the number of people that I've talked to that intend to sell a property next year in February or March mm. is really So high. we're going to see a massive increase in turnover in the market. Well, stock availability. Yeah, but yeah, stock availability. Okay, that's first home buyers. If you can afford it, now's a good time. Property investors, now a good time or... Yeah, look, it depends, right? I mean... Is is it one of those, if you're not highly leveraged, you're going to get a reasonably good buy? If you are highly leveraged, it's just not going to make sense because you still haven't got your interest deductibility back for another two and a half years, assuming the government follows through. Yeah, look, I think um, property investment, it's hard to generalise, but look, I've got some of my most experienced investors back in market at the moment, but because they can smell a bargain. Right, so it's find a bargain, yeah. And if you're long-term, yeah. Okay, movers. So people selling a house and buying a different Get, one. Getting more of that yeah. coming through now. It, it sort of feels like that's part of the market that's been really, really dead because I've yeah. got to sell before I buy, but no one's, you know, it's a quite dead market and yeah. so on. So as that market activity picks up, it creates more confidence that a buyer and seller to the same market. I mean, they're no better or worse off in theory, right? 
Yeah, you yeah, know, we're definitely, yeah. I'm definitely starting to see um, more upgraders, you know, so more people just wanting to take their next step up the property ladder. We're seeing a lot more of that in the market at the moment. Um, mm. That's a confidence driven thing. So I think that tends to go up and down with confidence. Mm. So I think you're seeing the early signals of, hey, we've got a national led government, mm. Mm. people feeling a little bit better about that. We didn't win the World Cup. That's, you know, that's a bit of a negative. <laughs> but, but, but I we're think. We're going to win the World Cup. Look, I think, yeah, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. Well, maybe not. <laughs> um, but, but I think what you're going to see is if we do get improving business confidence and a bit more improving consumer confidence, particularly amongst you know, those higher income household homeowners, then you will see them starting to do the upgrades mm-hmm. and, and you will see more of that going into mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, my view, it's, it's going to take a 1% fall in interest rates, which is highly likely in the next six to nine months. Um, to start to turn the confidence sort of thing because there's so much built up monetary policy tightening still to come. Hey, we better finish there. Looks like you have, want to have a last word. I was just going to say one more thing, which is like when I think back to previous cycles, and you know, I'm getting old now, so my memory's <laughs> not so good. So the only cycle I can go back to is the GFC. Yeah. This is different to the GFC, right? But there's some fundamentals here that are sort of similar. When we go into next year, we're going to see higher unemployment. And that's starting to feel a little bit more GFC-ish, right? Mm. Because I think we haven't seen the unemployment yet. Mm. And when you start to see more of that, then it will feel more like a traditional economic cycle. And so for me, that's sort of 2008, 2009. And I think that's where we're at at the moment. And Mm. if I think about the property market... You know, we didn't see it recover or start to really recover until about 2016. Mm. So we saw early signs of it around 2014. I think by 2016 it was really starting to recover. But but my point is that that was about a four-year period Mm. where the housing market was pretty depressed. So Mm. that's kind of where I think we are now. Mm. You know, we've been through a major market correction. We're sort of sitting along the bottom, but this thing just doesn't yeah. bounce back fast. Yeah, look, and uh, look, we say major market correction. It followed a major market correction. Boom ah, upwards, and, and it's just down. gone down. Probably <laughs> still higher than three years ago. So yeah. yeah. So if you've been in the market long term, you know you've seen your value go up fifty percent and down twenty five percent, and yeah, and you know, true, we're back above where we started. Hey, that's us for another week. Catch you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you have any questions or things you'd like us to talk about in the future, get in touch with us at david at squirrel.co.nz or john at squirrel.co.nz. And please do share this uh, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not financial advice or a recommendation of any financial product. Any commentary provided are personal views and are not necessarily representative of the opinions of Squirrel. As always, we recommend seeking professional investment or mortgage advice before taking any action.